0: Hello everyone, you are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall and as always I am joined by the wonderful Taryn Hatcher and the dynamic Joe Fordyce, our Flyers pre and post game live producer. Taryn, Joe, we have two more games before the NHL trade deadline which is on Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern time and the Flyers have 17 games left in this shortened 56 game regular season which is kind of hard to believe. It has certainly flown by uh, and given the chaotic schedule, I guess I shouldn't be surprised by that, but the odds are starting to stack against the Flyers and their chances at making the playoffs so much so that I think two weeks ago, Chuck Fletcher said, we're certainly not selling. I have a feeling he's probably um, starting to rethink that a good bit. Maybe he's right down the middle uh, at this point, going into the weekend. Taryn, I'll start with you. We know where the Flyers stand. They are, They are six points out of a playoff spot uh, behind the Bruins. The Bruins have two games in hand. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Where do you think the team stands? Uh, And how do you think they'll treat the the trade deadline? Or how should they treat the trade deadline?
1: Um, Well, it'll be interesting to see how they they treat it because obviously Chuck and his dad are both GMs that have been known to, um, you know, make blockbuster moves at times. And I think some people thought when Chuck got here, he was going to, you know make eight player trades like his dad kind of did back in the day and he hasn't yet which um you know worked out for last year's team but I I kind of think people when he got hired here actually wanted that from him and they were disappointed when he didn't do it but then it worked last year and then now uh I, I think people are kind of hungry to see him really shake things up um you know in terms of the playoff picture the thing that's that's tough is like because the flyers are playing better hockey but it feels like all that karma at the beginning of the season where they were playing bad but winning games that they maybe shouldn't have won has come back and now like last night's game they they should have won they won like 50 40 minutes of that game they probably should have won that game um And, you know, Scott Hartnell said it, they just didn't show up on time for the game. And if you don't show up on time and a team scores two goals in the first seven and a half minutes, then that's kind of on you. But the thing that's, that's tough is that even though the Flyers are generally finding ways to pick up points, except for that loss to the Bruins in regulation, uh, the Bruins are finding ways to win. And I remember talking and I forget which analyst I was talking to a few weeks ago and they were like, "Mm, after that Bruins COVID pause, it's going to be tough because they're just going to run their veteran leaders into the ground. That's who's producing for them. They really don't have the depth to to run at that pace for that long. And then Brad Marchand and, and uh, Patrice Bergeron look like they're in their early twenties again. And, and they can, and they beat the Capitals who were at the top of the East going into last night. So they're not getting help, which uh, at this point they need. like you can say, take care of what you can take care of control. what You can control all you want. But in reality, like, they've put themselves in a position where they need help as well. And they're, they're not getting any help from the Bruins. And, you know, I think that's, you're talking about a team that has a ton of playoff experience, Stanley cup experience still on its roster. Like this team knows how to win down the stretch and uh, certainly seems to be uh, doing so right now, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, what, chuck does because i felt like in my interview with him uh he, he said i he kind of and i'd love to know verbatim i'd have to look back on it but to me the feeling that i got was the flyers at that point were still looking to add pieces they were still looking to make a playoff push um and they still thought they had overall like a, a talented group that you add some pieces to and they could be good like good enough to make a run in the postseason um But he also had a caveat where he said, but I'm going to use the next six games or whatever amount of games it was to evaluate what we really need. And I think at this point, when you evaluate what you really need, part of it might be to sell off some pieces, especially, I mean, this flat cap is just an absolute killer. So the flat cap and the expansion for people who are like, why isn't he doing something? I see a lot of people who are like, well, why doesn't he move Jake? And that's like, well, try to sell a $2 million house to a person with like a normal average paying job. You just can't do it sometimes. And that's what everybody is in this flat cap era. It's tough.
0: Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stopping to Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking and fencing needs. Yeah, the just trade Jake thing is kind of funny because obviously uh, it's it's not as easy as just trade Jake. And uh, going into uh, Friday, going into this weekend, Jacob Borchek is the team's leading scorer. So yeah, he's definitely the problem. Yeah. Um, it's like your
2: anyway, car works
1: perfectly fine, but just buy yourself a Porsche. He's
0: like, a- what? Okay. Yeah, like the team is obviously flawed. I, I don't know if Jake Jacob Borchek is the is the serious problem here. But anyway, uh, we won't even have to go there. But yeah, I, I, th- I think um, I, I think Chuck Fletcher can be a little bit between buy and sell. Uh, I think these next two games I, – I think all these games are critical. I think every game before the deadline was critical. Uh, going into Monday, he's going to need the clearest picture possible on where the team is in the playoff standings and – or in the playoff race, excuse me. And uh, two more games can, can have some setting in that. So, but, yeah, the, so much of it was made about the season of, well, you can truly control your own destiny because you're playing – all teams in your division. So you can really gain ground by playing teams in your division every single night. But at this point, they only have one game left against the Bruins. They have one game left and let's be real. They, they wasted, um, you know, the seven before this or they're, they're uh, the Bruins are six, Oh, and one against the Flyers this season. So uh, the Flyers are pretty much out of uh, matchups against Boston aside from the one this weekend. So they need help.
1: Flyers pregame live starts at one.
0: There we go. So, uh, Joe Fordyce, where do you think this team stands at the trade deadline? Do you want to see them buy? Do you want to see them sell? Could they be in between? How do you feel about it?
2: I I think they have to um, be looking to sell, but with an eye on the future. Um, You know, maybe get a defenseman in here for the rest of the season, if it doesn't cost you a lot, um, to make things interesting down the stretch but I would say you'd be looking for a guy that has potential to be on your roster next year too. Um, Because I'm not, I'm no longer, if I'm Chuck Fletcher, I'm no longer focused on this, this season. Um, I'm focused on going forward and I don't do anything big unless the opportunity to move a big contract comes about. But as Karen mentioned in this flat cap era, um, you know, it seems like money and term are like kryptonite in this NHL. Um, nobody is looking to take either of those things on and the Flyers have plenty of it. Um, and, you know, and, and I'm not saying you mentioned Jake is, the, Jake Vorchek's their leading scorer. And it's not necessarily about what he provides for the team. It's about the team's flexibility going forward. So if you had the opportunity to move, from something like that and give yourself flexibility going forward. I, I would be all ears. I just don't think that's going to happen because there's not any team that can afford to drop that on their cap um, At this point in the, in the league. And, and I mean, we don't know what the offseason bring yet, bring brings yet. We don't know, you know, do we get full buildings in September, October? Do we get, we don't know yet. So, I don't, I don't think you're going to see the blockbuster type of deal much throughout the, throughout the league. And I certainly don't see somebody coming to the flyers looking to take on one of those big deals. Um, But uh, again, if, if the opportunity arises, I would have, I would be all ears because the flyers have uh, a number of big deals, Giroux, Uh, Voracek, Kevin Hayes, they're going to have a a, a decision soon on Sean Couturier, which is going to be another big deal. They, you know, so they are, they, they are, they do feel like they're a little bit pigeonholed in terms of what they could do in the off season. If everything was status quo, Um, but, you know, maybe somebody comes along and they give you, they overpay for a, a veteran like a, like a Justin Braun or somebody for a stretch run or, or a Scott Lawton. He's a UFA. We mentioned it on the last podcast. He seems like a valuable commodity and maybe, you know, there's nothing to say you can't trade Lawton to a team that's contending and then try to sign him again in the off season. And, you know, I don't know that Scott would be, I mean, Scott seems to love it here. Everything we've heard and everything we know is that he loves it here um, he just got engaged. He's been a part of this organization since, you know, since his career began. So I don't think giving him the opportunity to win elsewhere this year with the idea that he may be able to come back as a free agent in the off season. I think that could be a very attractive option for all parties involved. So, um, I certainly would be all ears, but I wouldn't be, uh, uh rushing to make moves with the idea that, um. Um that this year is a uh, is still salvageable, um, I guess for lack of a better word.
0: Yeah, I think um Chuck Fletcher will listen on everything. He even said it uh before uh last year's trade deadline that um you know it was uh not last year's shutdown, excuse me, the year before that. Um uh, his first season when he he joined mid year, he uh he mentioned how he didn't think anyone was untouchable other than maybe Claude Drew because well he he's got a no movement clause. So no trade clause. So, uh, yeah, I think he's going to be willing to listen on everyone because like you said, in the flat cap era, if you can move dollars, like significant dollars to free up uh, space for maybe later in the, in, in an off in an important off season or, um, you know, to kind of clear way for another move, then yeah, absolutely. You should listen. So I think Chuck Fletcher will listen on everyone, but I think he's in a spot where he's, he's not looking to blow this up or anything. I think he likes what they have in place. Um, I think they didn't have the right makeup going into this year. Uh, They didn't replace Matt Niskanen Uh, so that they're flawed and they have some holes, but I don't think they're gaping holes that he needs to totally reconstruct the team. I don't think he's thinking like that, but I definitely think he's shifting his focus toward um, gearing towards next year. And uh, a great way to gear towards next year is by utilizing the trade deadline and getting started then. So I think it's a tough spot because the Flyers this season isn't totally lost yet. It's not, but if he sells in any sh- way, shape or form um, even if it's selling off a couple of his pending UFAs in many ways, that's, that's waving a white flag on this season. And what does that say to the, to, to the locker room, the guys in the locker room that in their minds, they're still pushing for the playoffs. But when you if, say they sold a guy like Scott Lawton or a Michael Raffle or an Eric Gustafson um, one of those UFAs or a Brian Elliott, who can be a UFA, obviously um, if they sold any of those pieces, it, it tells the locker room, Hey, we're, we don't believe in this season that much anymore and we got to shift gears and that's a tough spot.
2: But Jordan, if you, uh, so hypothetically, we do have two more games left. So let's, let's just hypothetically say if the Flyers lost to the Bruins on Saturday, at some point you have to, you have to do that for the betterment of the team, right?
0: You have to say. Yeah. You just say, Hey, tough. Sorry, guys. You guys did not perform. You didn't put me in a spot to to add at the trade deadline. And uh, yeah, we're shifting gears. And I think that's, that would be a message sent through the locker room. Um, but it's weird like, like, I think these two games coming up are, are vitally important. Don't you think term? Yeah.
1: The, this, the Scott Lawton trade potential trade. I, I get on a lot of levels, except for the reservation for me comes from like the actual the, um, like human level of it all, because Scott Lawton and people can take it for, you know, I, I know some people think it doesn't actually matter, like what we say about intangible aspects of things and things that don't show up on statutes. But in reality, on a certain level, they do matter because I think part of Scott Lawton's trade negotiations has been him saying a thousand times, I love being in Philly. I want to be a flyer. I've heard that time, time again. Uh, the fact that they couldn't, Come to terms with an extension before this year my guess would have to be something to do with the flat cap like i wonder if they couldn't offer him the amount of money that he wanted for the amount of years that he wanted and maybe he wanted to wait it out and see if you know if they could work around it you know coming up this off season um I just, the thing that concerns me is that if you treat Scott Lawton, like you, you guys remember that game, who was it against, where the Flyers came back and in between the second and third period, Elaine Vigneault didn't even go into the locker room. It was Scott Lawton and Justin Braun who like yelled at everybody to get it together.
0: I think it was the same game um, and they were down to three nothing.
1: Yeah. Scott's, uh, I know I said this about ghosts too. Scott's one of those guys who like everyone in the locker room is friends with. Everyone in the locker room likes him. Everyone in the locker room respects how hard he works, how much he hustles, what a high effort guy he is, and also just a good teammate, like really just a solid, good teammate. Um, And the thing that concerns me is that if you trade him away at the end of the season, yeah, he's an undrafted or an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. So you could potentially get him back, which is great. And then I'm sure that would be a conversation that Chuck would have with him and everyone else in the locker room is that, hey, we're doing this for now to pay off for later, but when you take that guy out of the locker room, like you were saying is the, then what's the message, you know, what's the message to your team and how do you get your team to go out there and play? Cause quite frankly, like there is the aspect of money and putting butts in seats and wanting to make people come out and watch your games next year. And if you lay an egg at the end of the season and you, you don't play like you care because your GM traded one of your, you know, leader players and, all of that concerns me, but that's why Chuck Fletcher is the GM and I'm not, because that's the thing is like the GMs have to think about hockey operations, but they do also have to think about selling tickets and selling season tickets and getting fans into the arena. Because if the team runs out of money, then there's, there's no money to pay anybody with, you know, and if the team checks out um, and I think not a lot of these guys are professionals. A lot of them will not check out. But I think if you trade away a Scott Lawton, there is you are running the risk of that danger of just people checking out. Because essentially your your entire front office has said, We've given up on the season, but you play because we need to sell tickets, you know? And that's that's the harsh realities of professional sports as well, is that's a hundred percent an aspect of every single team and every single league. Um, but yeah, the, those are the other things that I sit there and I'm like, when you think about these trades and you think about what it says to the locker room, and what a different position we're in from like last year. I mean, do you guys remember the trade deadline last year? The, the players essentially went to the front office and said, this is what we want. Chuck, go do it. And then they got Nate Thompson and Derek Grant. And that was uh, Chuck saying like, I, I owe you for the way you've played this year. Here's what you asked for and I've given it to you. And people can say whatever they want about Nate Thompson and Derek Grant, but that is what the Flyers leadership asked for. They asked for depth forwards and, and Nate Thompson and Derek Grant. Yeah. They're not like, you know, going to win the Bobby Clark team MVP at the end of the year, but they're, they're what they needed. They're what they wanted. And then the other right now we're talking about a GM potentially going to the team and saying, Hey, I might have to ship off a few of your friends because you guys didn't do what
0: I needed you to do.
1: So, uh, It is – it's
0: very interesting. It's a really interesting dynamic this year. It is, and it's – It's. I was telling Joe last podcast, it's just – it's crazy because if the team came even close to meeting expectations, uh, Scott Lawton is not being talked about as a trade candidate at all. And
1: she doesn't get put on waivers, you know, like Um,
0: Scott Lawton will be an an integral piece to a contender if the Flyers were a contender. If they were contending right now, he'd be like uh, an untouchable – um, maybe not an untouchable, but the Flyers would be like, no, we need this guy because we think we can win a Stanley Cup this season. But right now, uh, they have him the expectations. And what makes Scott Lawton um, a popular trade chip right now is because he's incredibly attractive on the trade market for so many reasons. He comes cheap. His salary could be easily added to a roster right now. He's a pending UFA, so he could be a rental of type if you don't want to commit to him afterward. Um, and he's like a linchpin kind of guy. He's a glue guy really good can climb your lineup uh up and down he can play either wing or center it's just and he's like an agitator and a leader too it's just he's everything a a lot coaches love players like him elaine vigno admitted that said that uh not long ago he said he's a guy that uh, coaches love so yes he's incredibly attractive right now and the the flyers would be silly not to listen um but i do think they're going to hold him in very very high regard high demand as they should uh in a season like this flat cap era um Scott Lawton is in a very a very attractive trade chip, and they should not just part ways with him easily they will listen um but hold him in high regard which is which is a good thing I think it's a smart move um that would be a major sell uh that would be a major selling point if he's selling uh in my mind that would be that's really your one of your toughest pieces uh to to part ways with um at the deadline don't you think Joe
2: I do. And, you know, to to go back to something Taryn said about last year with when they acquired Grant and Thompson. And, you know, the the idea going into this year was they were going to um, add by staying put because Nolan Patrick and Oscar Lindblom were being added back to the fold. And that just has not panned out the way they expected. Um, Lindblom has shown flashes. Um, We all know, you know, everything that he's gone through in the last um, almost two years, Um, you know, and you you never like he's more recently has shown more glimpses of what he was before the cancer diagnosis. And then with Nolan Patrick, he just has not I mean, he he has not lived up to the expectations that everyone kind of put on him not necessarily the team put on him, but fans and media and and just talking about getting him back in the lineup. I don't think anybody um, predicted this. So the depth that those guys were were going to provide in people's minds, I don't really think that's panned out the way uh, that people have thought. And we talked about this a ton. Obviously the goaltending has not been as good as people thought along with the defense. So, you know, I think those are, are, are big factors into, you know, last trade, trade deadline as opposed to this one. Last year was, okay, let's fill in for this year's run, but next year we're going to get Lindblom and Patrick back. And just that whole theory has not really panned out. I don't think it's panned out the way anyone on any level would have expected or hoped at this point.
0: Yeah, last trade down line, uh, uh in 2019-20, a very rosy situation for the Flyers and that was because they exceeded expectations and all they could really do was add and in any way shape or form, however they added, it was going to be a positive of hey, we're you know, we're going to give this a shot. Okay, let's check the odds to win the East Division provided by our friends over at PointsBet, the NBC Sports betting partner. The Flyers have a plus 7,000 odds to win the East division. As we know, they need a winning streak uh, just to get into the playoffs. Uh, They are chasing the Bruins who hold the fourth and final spot in the East division right now. The Flyers have the same odds as the New York Rangers right now to win the East division. Both are at plus 7,000. The Bruins are ahead of them. The Penguins, the Capitals and the Islanders are the favorites right now at plus 165 to win the East division. 17 games to go for the Flyers in this 2020-21 season, and let's see if they have a winning streak in them to make it a lot more interesting. Those are the odds to win the East Division from our friends at PointsBet, NBC sports betting partner. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only fourteen ninety five. Byte Clear Liners are doctor directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Bite. The Flyers have not exceeded expectations this season, they haven't met them. They've fallen short. And it creates a not-so-rosy picture at the trade deadline for Chuck Fletcher and the Flyers, uh, and that's life in pro sports. Um, The one thing is there will be plenty of action, plenty of things to cover. We have two more games before the trade deadline, both on NBC Sports Philadelphia. You can catch Taryn Hatcher on pre- and post-game live. Joe Fordyce will have those shows for you. And then we have that Monday trade deadline, always a fun day in hockey. And we'll have to see how the Flyers look after these two games and after Monday. They could look different. Um, they will probably look different in some way, shape, or form. But uh, that's how we're going to treat it. Well, Taryn Hatcher, thank you, as always. Great seeing you, great chatting with you. Cannot wait to watch you on pre and post. Joe Fulrace, thank you as well. Cannot wait to watch your shows. Ben Barry, a special thank you to our podcast producer. And Flyers fans, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast, presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and subscribe, and we cannot wait to talk to you next time.